All right, everybody. Um, I have a I have a prepared statement from the Messed Up at Midnight podcast that I would like to read out uh, before we get started. The Messed Up at Midnight podcast would like to publicly endorse the wonderful organization with a 100% spotless reputation, FIFA. FIFA brings otherworldly joys of soccer to millions worldwide by officials with the same passion of a thousand sons that are in no way, shape, or form motivated by money. FIFA unequivocally supports world peace and scoffs at corruption. Do I have to read this? Can you please put the gun down and untie my family? FIFA stands to unite the world. Thank you. This has been a statement that the Messed Up at Midnight podcast has not been forced to write in any way, shape, or form and truly comes from the heart. Now, FIFA, can you please let my family go? Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's scoring hat tricks and scoring trick shots in beer pong. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man who makes the World Cup his whole personality once every four years. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. I'm no joke. I do have a Vuvuzela from South Africa when the South African World Cup was going down. And you better believe I was the most annoying kid on the fucking block. I was I was spinning the block, blasting the Vuvuzela, just just ready just to throw down. Well, guys, as you can probably tell, today we are talking about the 2015 English language French drama propaganda thing, United Passions. It's about the origins of FIFA and its entire history in this 110 minute piece of crap movie. I hated this, but Mike, what did you think of United Passions? This is, listeners, you know, whenever you see, like, uh, whenever you look at our, like, podcast lists, when you see a real garbage movie, it's always started with pain in some capacity. Bucky Larson, it was just pain. Gotti, it was pain and confusion. It's, this is... This is pain and propaganda, baby. Oh my god! Ooh, I watched I like this. And I was like, I was, I genuinely, it felt like a FIFA stroke sesh for 110 minutes. And as someone who is not all that down with soccer, but is super, super down with all of the corruption cases, allegations, sexual assault allegations that have just befell FIFA in its entire history. It's real weird watching this movie. This movie's weird as hell and bad as hell. Well, Mike, I'm glad you brought up corruption because uh, this movie came out in the United States on June 5th, 2015. If you are a fan of FIFA, you would know that a mere few days before this movie's release, several FIFA officials were indicted in connection with an investigation by the United States FBI and IRS into wire fraud, racketeering, and money laundering. There were investigations of corruption, bribery from different countries to hold the World Cup in their country, and the actual person, Sepp Blatter, who in this movie is depicted as a no-nonsense man of good, was removed from his position as president of FIFA. 
Oh, and he was, oh, and I'm going to do you one better. He's actually banned from participating and attending any FIFA events until 2027. That's not a joke. There's no hilarity to it. He's banned from FIFA (laughs) until 2027. It's, my favorite part about this is when you when you see the 2015 release date, you're like, oh, okay, so this is recent. Maybe this was, maybe this was before all of that dirtiness came about when FIFA's reputation started to be started to get a little muddy. All right, everybody. For those who aren't in the United States and listen to this, that's a that's a goddamn joke of a sentence. For the people within the United States. FIFA has been a dirty, rotten franchise for for its inception. They legitimately, in this movie, I kid you not, they bid off the first World Cup and then they feature the idea of beating the World Cup for just the rest of the movie as it's a regular occurrence. And you're kind of like, I just sat there and watched it. I went, did, this, did these motherfuckers just show a billionaire buying the location of the first fucking World Cup. I'm like, okay, cool, man. Cool. I guess we're laying the cards out on the fucking table. Yeah, dude. So so getting back to Set Blatter, dude. I mean, this man is very oh. controversial. Oh. Me and Mike were just talking about this before we got started recording. We got sexist remarks, allegations of financial misma- mismanagement, sexual assault allegation, and all of like this stuff happened like mere days before United Passions hit the United States. And like, I think if anything, this is proof that there is a God and he has a funny sense of humor. <laughs> that that shit's hysterical. That shit's hysterical. That is good. That has given me faith in the Lord, man. Just seeing just <laughs> this. We turn to a religious podcast a now because of, exactly. because of the release date. Praise be. Praise be. Thanks to United Passions. We are now only going to be preaching on Sundays. No, just the fact that there is this movie is like, oh, Seth Blatter, the man who righted FIFA, the man who took FIFA and brought into the modern age. And then days later, the 2015 corruption allegations gets its own separate Wikipedia page. Not a little tidbit add-on. It's got its own dick that is all attached to Set Bladder. It is so awesome and ironic. I love it. Now we covered very broadly the these corruption at these cor- corruption case there are other details regarding this case like i think if we went into details on that we would we'd be here all day we're here to talk about the movie but you know we had to mention what was going on at the time but i have one question mike how oh. did this affect united passions though and i'm so glad that you asked mike because that's, now that's what we're here for it's time. Thank you, buddy. It's uh, time to play the box office bonanza. <laughs> how did this thing? How, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do your stick. Do your spiel. Okay. So, Mike, first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, second of all, the estimated budget for this movie, it was estimated to be around $29 million. And I think I heard a number 90% financed by FIFA. <laughs> Oh, shit. How much did this movie make worldwide? 
I I'd be I'd be fucking stunned if this broke five mil. Lower. Oh, all right. Five hundred k. Lower. God damn, this movie flopped. All right, <laughs> shit, man. Uh, let's. I, I'm betting that this beat mom and dad. Two hundred k. Lower. Fuck. All right. 150? You overshot it, my friend. It Damn is $168,832. You know you're screwing up when a dog shit indie Nicolas Cage movie about him crushing a pool table singing the hokey pokey is only just shy beating out FIFA. And let me tell you something, Mike. <laughs> you know Mike. you're doing shit wrong. It's a damn crime that that Nick Cage movie didn't make a hundred million dollars at the box office. Amen, brother. Amen. I needed a mom and dad two and three. I needed sequels. This is the fact that more people saw this than mom and dad is a travesty is a true travesty. Well, we're going to continue with the box office bonanza because I have follow up questions. There's oh, no, there's more. I'm not prepared for this. Now, my question to you, Mike, is how much did this movie make in America on its opening weekend? This Friday, Saturday, Sunday. (laughs) Dog, I'd be surprised if this got over like a thousand dollars. I'm going to go. All right, I'll go. 25k lower fuck me jesus oh my god i lowballed that because i was like there's no way there's no way it's gonna be lower okay fucking damn uh let's drop 15k uh uh, 15k lower (laughs) 10 you wonder how much movie this how much this made made my dude tell me tell me on opening weekend in america this made 918 dollars god damn and i have what what do you think about that Mike? Dude, who the fuck saw this? Was it just like six people and like they turned to the janitor at the AMCs and they're like, yeah, you want to see it? It's like three bucks. Like, who the f- damn? Wow. The international audience really showed up for this movie and hats off to them. Also, they can go screw themselves for giving this movie money. Oh, my God. But we're not done. Right. I have another thing to tell you. So. Uh, United Passions premiered in 10 movie theaters in New York, Phoenix, L.A., Washington, D.C., Kansas City, Miami, Minneapolis, Dallas, Houston, and Philadelphia. How much money did United Passions make in Phoenix on its opening weekend? I already know this is a trick question. This is going to be like, it made 10 bucks. So I'm going to say 30 bucks. Lower. Fuck, <laughs> man. <laughs> Damn. This, this movie made nothing. Holy shit. That's what I've learned. This movie made fucking dog shit. All right. <laughs> Did it make 10 bucks? Oddly enough, lower, but not by much. It made $9, which I made a. <laughs> I made a joke. 
I made which, a fucking joke. Which, no, I want you to understand something, Mike. That means that one person in Phoenix, Arizona went to go see this movie opening weekend. Dude, there was one fucking guy in the I want to know. I want to know what that guy saw. Was was just like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go see this movie. I live in the desert. Why not? You know, it's two scenarios. It's two fucking scenarios. It is either the biggest FIFA fan, like this dude who is just who just rides for FIFA, or it's one dude who's just bored as shit at the movies, and he's like, I don't know what United Passions is. Maybe it's about like the airline. Oh, it's got Tim Roth. He's in Pulp Fiction. He's kind of cool. And then he wanders in and he goes, Dennis, you spent $9 and that's that's an hour of work. You can at least put it into this. Oh, my God. I think this has been my favorite round of box office bonanza that we've played solely because of the movie we're talking about. Dude, what the fuck? 25.9 mil. And it made no, twenty nine million. Twenty nine? No, no, it's twenty nine million. Tw- oh my god! And it made nine bucks in Phoenix. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, wow! You know, it kind of makes the, all right. It, it kind of makes me happy that some of the shit that like I've put up on YouTube just kind of on a whim has gotten more views than people that saw United Passions opening weekend. That makes me feel good. It it should. It should. (laughs) Listeners, if you're ever scared to put something out and you're like, I wonder what people think of it. I wonder if, what if no one comes to see it? Well, listen to this. One guy in Phoenix went to see the movie that FIFA funded. (laughs) So... You're going to get one person at the very frickin' least, and you're going to be doing as well as a multinational conglomerate of a sport. So, I don't know. Dick Saul's in that. All right. That was that was a lot of fun. Lastly, before we go on to the drinks, it's no surprise that this is one of this movie is one of the many that have the distinction of holding a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If you remember, Gotti and a thousand words, which we've covered on the podcast, also fall into that category. But United Passion also has the distinction of being the winner of the Barry L. Bumstead Award during the 36th annual Razzies. The Barry L. Bumstead Award is a special category for critical and financial failures. So they had to create an award for this movie. Dude, you know, that's that's the same energy as uh like if you're like if you're going into the doctor's office and you're like ah something's wrong with me doc i think i have a disease and they come in and they go well what do you want to name the disease that's the same energy you're like i you're like i won and that's a bad thing you're like i've won out here and that's it's really really shocking it's they created an award for how awful this movie was jesus christ oh my god i love it but i also hate this movie so much, which okay, which we got to get into, Mike. Let's get to the drinks now. If you could describe United Passions <laughs> as a drink, what would it be and why? Listeners, I'm gonna tell you this right now just mano y mano. There's no 
intricate cocktail to this. There's, I, I've got a scenario because that's what fits with a movie this appalling. You ever gone out drinking with one of those friends who's a little too into alcohols? Not like an alcoholic sort of thing, but a snob. Someone who is going to judge you based on you ordering a, just a gin and tonic or a Jack and Coke. We all have that person in mind. And if not, you're that person. I hate to break it to you. But anyways, imagine you're sitting there at a bar with this friend and they go, no, no, no. I'm going to order this drink for you. I know it. I know you're going to like it. It's got a lot of history to it. There's a lot of depth to this. And so they get you this whiskey and they pour and get a neat poured into your glass. And they're like, now this whiskey comes from this random fuck off part of the world and is made in special barrels by this one bummy family that just really just stunk their whole, stuck their whole life on the quality of their whiskey. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. There's a deep, history to it and then they just don't stop talking about the family history they go into the tax fraud they developed they go into the relationship the son had and how he was a playboy who just really took it way too far out in miami and then just as you're about to fall asleep they go oh oh, no no go ahead take take a drink of it and you go oh finally and you take a drink and you spit it out because it's vile you are like poison poison ethanol just it's it's like if a burning tire just entered my mouth and not in the good fun peat smoky way that's this movie that is my cocktail it is a neat whiskey with way too much freaking backstory i i dude i gotta admit i am impressed by the level of like to the point that you went with that one. I like it. Dude, it's, it's, dude, you, putting so much like we got blah, blah. It's, no, this movie bored you with boardroom meetings, shitty acting, and no drama of any kind. Okay, good. Mike, I fuck with it. Um, You said like, yeah, we all have that friend. You gave me a look and I'm like. Damn, dude! I really wanted, like, you buy that? I only wanted to tell you about Irish whiskey, man. Like, I just thought it was you're pretty like, cool. Like, I just love the idea of you just you're just holding Glenn Fittick in the background, and you just kind of like put it back. You're like, all right, fine, fuck you, asshole. I was going to share with you this really cool bottle. So, my cocktail, my drink. I don't know. I can't call it a cocktail. It's just a drink. A boring piece of propaganda about FIFA that's way too fucking long. I'm going to say this right now. Go grab yourself a gallon jug. If you remember, there are 16 cups in one gallon, so keep that in mind. I feel like we've got to look at this movie by section, at least with my cocktail. We have, we're covering like over 100 years of history, so let's kind of, let's try to break it down a little bit. The stuff from the 1900s to the 1950s. It's a bunch of European dudes standing around and talking. It's old and it feels like an eternity watching it. So I'm going to say, let's go with a wine. Old people like it, it's trying to be fancy, and you kind of hate yourself while you're watching it. So the wine specifically, I'm going to say, is a Mogan David Blackberry wine. (laughs) Now, why do you ask that? Because you can get like a three-liter jug for like $16. Pour in four cups of wine into your gallon jug. Next, the stuff from like the 60s to about the 80s. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember shit from the uh, from the movie with this time period. It just randomly jumps in, introduces a new president of FIFA that was just randomly introduced at a World Cup, and suddenly here we are. It sucks. It's boring. 
Go grab yourself a beer. Specifically, a horny goat chocolate peanut butter porter. So pour in four cups of beer into your jug. Finally, all the shit was set bladder. He's righteous as he's presented in the movie, but actually, he's kind of a real piece of shit. They're framing him as the guy who saved FIFA by getting sponsorships and doing fighting against corruption. So I'm going to say add in four cups of cheap champagne into your jug. Because champagne, on the surface, is real classy and fancy when you first look at it. But if you've ever had a champagne hangover, like me and Mike have had, you understand that champagne is an evil drink when indulged in too much. And lastly, we have four cups left before we reach our gallon. Just fill the rest up with lukewarm water, because again, this movie's fucking boring. Close the gallon jug, fucking shake it up violently, drink that over the course of a day, stay hydrated, go fuck yourself, don't watch United Passions. Dude, it feels it feels like you just made a Borg, man. But instead of having a bunch of stuff centered around hydration and curing hangovers while getting you really, really messed up, you were just like, what if you just were in pain the entire time? What if it was just bubbly champagne, cheap-ass wine, and peanut butter beer I mean, dude, into a wall in water? That's kind of how I felt while I was watching this movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's just... I I feel the the audible like just sound that escaped my mouth is exactly how I was feeling as I was watching the movie. It was it was just a like sort of like oh god. I really feel like we both went to extremes. Like I was just just simple but so boring and horrible. And you were just like it is so involved in its sections and all of the involvement is awful. So guys, go go drink a very bad whiskey and have a stranger tell you all about that whiskey. And let's get into talking about FIFA propaganda, United Passions. So guys, this time on the podcast, we're not going to give you any spoilers. We're just going to fucking get right into the positives and negatives and then end with our overall because... <laughs> To be to be honest, there is nothing in this movie in terms of spoilers that I feel like is worth talking about in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it, at least with other movies we've talked about, there has been something. But with this movie, nothing. I, I Mike, I got nothing. See, I'm gonna chime in, listeners. He's not lying. He's not. He's not. He's not yanking your chain. He's not joshing you. It's th- quite literally. There are no spoilers. There's no, oh, surprise, FIFA got audited or something like that that would add any intrigue. I I shit you not. It is boardroom meetings and sponsorships and set Blad- Tim Roth as set bladder sitting in his chair and pondering like he just, like he's trying to remember if he left the stove on. <laughs> it's so unspoiler worthy so yeah fuck spoilers we're just getting into it so let's see if we have any positives and i can think of like maybe like one and a half so the costume design is pretty okay I mean, yeah, suitable. it was very suitable. I was able to understand what, you know, time period each part of the movie took place in solely based off of their costumes. So, you know, whoever the costume designer 
was in this movie. Uh, good job. You have the only positive thing I can say about this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's I, I kid you not. The first thing I have in my prose is period piece clothing is I like it is the period piece clothing. I sat there and went, I mean, I can in fact tell which decade it is, <laughs> which is. You know what? With a movie like this, you take what you can get for pros. So hats off to that for the pros. I I wrote this down and I'm starting to like rescind it because I'm because I'm starting to not understand what I was trying to say here. But for one of my pros, and this is a half pro, is that cert at certain points in terms of demonstrating grandiosity, the cinematography is okay. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were moments when uh, Gerard Depardieu, who plays like the FIFA director in like the 1900s, is walking out onto the pitch, and you're like, "Whoa, okay, that's a big thing." Or like Set Blatter walking out into the stands, and you see like the whole p- people, and you're like, "Oh, cool! I know that guy. That's that's this that's that's it." And uh, yeah, I don't have much else. <laughs> Yeah, there was a certain level of grandiosity when you saw, you know, people in the stands. There was definitely like a spectacle aspect to it, which would oh, be yeah. which would be really awesome if the movie did that more. But it was just kind of like, oh yeah, it, when the World Cup is just kind of like a like a passing mention of like, oh yeah, we went to the World Cup, and not like the focal point of your movie about FIFA. I really feel like you fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is coming from two dudes who are, um, we're American with the way we ingest soccer in that it's either we don't at all or we could absolutely care less until the World Cup comes around. Then suddenly we're all experts who just really need everyone else to know what we know. So I would expect the movie to center around the World Cup mm-hmm. and its various things and how the politics play around the World Cup. Because that would be, I don't know, an interesting way to move FIFA's history forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, who who am I to say? Maybe it's the Premier League Cup or something like that. Did they show that? No, they didn't. But it's... It, boardroom meetings don't feel like the way you move it forward. And if you're going to go that route you gotta go the and i hate that this is the thing i thought of but house of cards route where it's political intrigue and drama and not kevin spacey it's gotta be it's gotta be there's gotta be something compelling to boardrooms because boardrooms are not compelling well and another positive that i will kind of give it is with regards to the acting mostly with tim roth because he said, like, yeah, he was kind of like in a financial hole when he was taking this movie, and he took it, so, <laughs> and he took it so he could put his kids through college, I, which, I like, that. that's kind of admirable, you know? No, no, no. Hey, you got the bag. I, I never, ever, unless they committed some sexual assault or are under investigation for something, never shame an actor for getting the bag. All right, never shame an actor for getting the bag. All right. Tim Roth got the bag. Gerard Depardieu, who is the uh, FIFA director for the 1920s, he got the bag. And I am all hats off, claps around to them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) They did not. We could move hot into the cons because this is a con I have. Let's do it. Um, So cons. 
cons everybody. There's gonna it's gonna be a laundry list. First off, the acting it's all just white guy stern. There's no there's nothing of emotion past stern white guy. Mm-hmm. There's no weight. There's no oh no. It's a lot of hmm. Hmm. There's no like again, it's we're all in like, you know, we're all in like that 40 to 60% range. I'm like, okay, well, why can't we go like from 0% animated to like, you know, a hundred like an 85% animated, like with maybe someone I'm not saying you gotta do this, but like, yell, do do something. G- give me something where I could be like, oh, okay, <laughs> we got a little bit of fire. Okay, now now we're moving. Now we're going, now we got something here. Exactly. And the closest thing to fire that you get is uh I don't know the guy's the FIFA guy's actual name because I don't know FIFA and the movie didn't bother to tell me. So the the guy uh Gerard Depardieu's character Jules Remet. He's the close Jules Remet. There we go. All right. So Jules Remet is the closest thing to animated that we have of a mm-hmm. character. And all in his mm-hmm. most animated is him sitting in a chair and debate responding to someone across the across like this like chair stadium like setting it's quite literally it's just two dudes arguing and that is as animated as it gets and i hate that i hate that well you see and jules remet like the way that this movie presents it again is we go from we go in order through the whole entire fucking history of fifa Jules Remet's the first guy that we focus on, and he doesn't really come into his own as a character until he dies. Literally, Mm -hmm. as soon as I said, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm kind of beginning to feel something with his character. Let's, I, you know, I see why he's doing things. Let's see where this is going to go. Next scene, he's fucking dead. Like, just immediately, I'm like. Movie, you you couldn't even give me like that. You couldn't even give me like a scene where I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's see what this character does." You couldn't even give me that. I love that. It, the movie, what the movie saw you go. Okay, I'm starting to feel for him. I'm starting to feel for him, and they're like, "Fuck you, he's not important. He's not the one alive right now." And they kill him off, and you're like, "Oh come on!" You're like, "I was starting to like him. He was, he was, you know, kind of the kind of the fun fat guy." Like, like no, we need to get to set bladder. Well, no, you you actually skipped over one because we had another oh. president of FIFA in a oh Joe oh, baby Joe. I don't. I'm gonna butcher this name. Havalang, I think he's just fucking randomly introduced at a game, and then next scene boom suddenly president of fifa and like he's good because he wants to get africa involved in the world cup which yes that's very noble but then like he's got a british villain villain running again like i don't understand like this movie just brushes past him so quickly the movie couldn't give half of a shit about jules avalanche i'm gonna call him avalanche because it sounds like avalanche and that's funny to me uh, I'm going to be straight up honest. Uh, listeners, Jules Havalanche is uh, of Brazilian descent. It is play, uh, Jules Havalanche is played by Sam Neill, who is Irish. Very never no, New, to, New Zealand, actually. What, really? He's from New Zealand? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, is Sam, uh, Sir Nigel John Dermot Sam Neill is a New Zealand actor. He might have been Oh, no. oh shit! Wait, no, actually, wait. No, he was born. He was born in Ireland, then moved to Christchurch. So, uh, 
sure. All right. Yeah. Well, he's close. Enough. I'm going to call yeah. him Irish. We can call him New Zealand too. Song remains the same. The you ever wanted to hear someone mimic a Brazilian accent because Sam Neill is giving it his all or his fifty percent. It's his fifty percent, and boy, it sounds weird because instead of. It's saying, because we've all heard Brazilian people speak, or, or at least, God, I hope we've all heard that, because, because this is going to be weird if not. But there's a certain sort of, like, emotion with the speaking. There's a certain sort of cadence and a one, two, three mm-hmm. with, this, with the speech patterns. And there's none of that with Sam Neill. And he quite literally, it's sometimes he'll sit there and roll his R's, or he'll say like, or he'll try and say something in a sort of general Latin accent, and then he'll just quickly revert back to his normal accent. Because there will be time we'll sit there and just be like, "It's it." Or I'm trying to, I'm gonna butcher this, but he's like, "It's time, all right." And it's like that's his like Irish accent, but he's trying, but he's like a Brazilian man. They're like, mm, "Yes, Brazil." <laughs> like, like, oh, come the fuck on. <laughs> Dude, like, and the movie does fuck all with him. It's like we got they Jules, do- we got, then we have this guy, and then we got Set Blatter, the the man, the myth, the legend. They just fucking for, like just gloss over like twenty, thirty, however many years of history just to get to this point. Like, it, it, it's my favorite. It's like it's like the idea where it's all right, everybody. Here are your nineteen ninety six Chicago Bulls. All right, everybody, get the fuck out on the field. And entering in from downtown, Michael Jordan, and then the song starts. And you're like, you're like we could at least ease into it. We don't need to cut to the chase. All right, this is kind of fucked up. Also, one thing about this movie that's another that I'm leading into another con is that this movie really picks its battles with where it's noble quote unquote Mm -hmm. because there are certain moments where it's like no we're gonna stand tall and not be a part of this and they focus really hard on that and then you'll have a character like jules avalanche just sit there and just go yeah you know this really corrupt genocidal sort of country that we got right now and they just fought for a super violent independence and like it's super bloody and like the dictators just recently deposed and recovering why not bring them into the fucking mix baby let's get them involved and you're like oh why don't we give them a little bit to recover bud and there's like nah not bring it in it's super cool super great super not fucked up and then we can pay off the refs and then we can have billionaires pay for the world cup locations you're like Really, why are we glossing over this, but also hanging on the we're not going to be a part of apartheid? That's Mm. such a weird battle to pick. They hang on the apartheid shit so much. It's such a weird, like, if you want to focus on that aspect, like, for your movie, that I think that would be fine. Like, here's the thing with this movie. There is no story. There is no, like, big overarching conflict. I care Mm -hmm. about nothing in this movie, like it, it covers like you know the beginning, the middle. Do do much better as a documentary. Why not just focus on like a portion of FIFA's history so that way we can really narrow in and like focus on like how Set Blatter you know became to you know get to power or how FIFA got started in the early days. Or the Uruguay-Brazil game that this movie tried to frame as like a really big thing. Why not focus on any one of those things? But when your movie is like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to give you 100 years of history in 
110 minutes, you're not giving us anything to give a shit about because, again, you're just jumping between characters. Your main character is your organization. Why Why care? You, you, you can't. It's it's incredibly difficult for you to care to for you to make your audience care about an organization. It is so very very difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible. It can be done, but it is very difficult. And this movie this movie it feels like wears its it it, it almost like it unintentionally or unknowingly wears its agenda on its sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like because it feels like the movie is so disjointed in certain parts, almost in an attempt to rush you through the history to get to one central section Mm -hmm. at a certain point. What'll happen is it'll just feel like it'll just be like 1920s. They're starting out FIFA. There's nothing going on right now. All they're doing is discussing in a house and you're like, okay. And they hang on it. And then they go psych. It's 1970. And you're like, what the fuck? Like it's the movie is so obviously not interested in telling you the history. It's just interested in telling you what happened at certain points that made them look super duper cool. This movie literally is like, Hey, yeah, World War II, and then skips ahead to the end of the war. It's that like, was, we just that fucking, was nuts. Dude, we fucking missed a lot with World War II. <laughs> well, on, on the World War II thing is, the characters who founded FIFA and Jules Rimet are not the same. Jules Rimet didn't found FIFA. He wasn't a part of the founding group of FIFA. Quite literally, the founding group of FIFA is like, woo, brothers for life, everybody. And they're shaking hands and going like, never separated. Yeah, yeah. Friends till the end. Friendship forever. And then they're all like hugging each other. And then it goes, World War II. Psych, Carl's the only one left. And you're like, why is Carl the only one left? What happened to fucking everybody else? It just feels like the movie just doesn't care. And it's just... It just rushes you past probably the most bloody conflict the world has ever seen. Ever. And it's just like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Dude, or like focus on Sepp Blatter's corruption, which, you know, making it like into a mob, into a mob style movie focusing on shady people and, you know, backstabbing and, you know, trying to get people to reelect uh, set bladder, like, it, but you're just doing the most uninteresting thing by just being like, "Hey, here is this guy just fucking doing shit." This this man can't be corrupted, and people hate him for it. And like the reality of the situation, as me and Mike have discussed, cannot be farther from the truth. Like, why does this movie promote him as Jesus when we have? Proof that he is not a good person, that Sepp Blatter is not a good person. Why not focus on that? Oh, wait, I know why. Because FIFA wanted to make its fucking propaganda. That's why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. The, the, fact, that, the fact that there are allegations against Sepp Blatter and FIFA, well, I mean, FIFA it goes back forever, but with Sepp Blatter specifically, it goes back to the 90s. Like, the movie is so specifically trying to paint him as Jesus, which already will inherently sit you freaking back. Because if you're going to try and make a mortal person who is still alive look exalted, 
you're gonna alienate your audience and your audience is gonna hunt for reasons to not think he's that so giving your character flaws and like warts and all that is what makes characters compelling you don't like i'm i'm trying to think of a character like mad like max like mad max Mm -hmm. from from mad max fury road thunderdome all of those Max is not exactly the best dude on the world. Thanks, he kind of thanks, doesn't buddy. care about anybody. Thanks, exactly. Buddy. Yes. Thanks, it's, thanks, it's, I, I appreciate his last that. name is Steel. <laughs> but the fact is, you still root for him because he's a likable person who actually cares about what's right and what's wrong. He's got a lot of freaking flaws and things to work out, but you care about him because he's flawed. If you Sepplatter is so boringly flawless. You don't care. He is boring as hell with his flawlessness. Well, the characters in this movie are just bland, corporately created husks of human beings. They don't want mm-hmm. to they don't want to show the dirty underbelly of FIFA because no no no. Foot football brings people together, Mike. It's it's all you exactly. know, football is life. It brings everyone it's, together. It brings smiles. It's the thing that brings world peace. <laughs> too bad that hasn't happened yet. bold bold it's i love and this my my other favorite thing this is a big con the movie does the movie does something where i i'm conflicted because it's a knock for me but i understand why the movie had to do it mm-hmm. the movie really pushes the idea that soccer is a world unifier and granted in a lot of ways it really is mm-hmm. They really try and push soccer like it's like it's the solution. Like they're like, you know how we can solve a lot of these issues if we get these sons of bitches on the pitch and get them going, baby. No, it's and when in reality, all the movie has really told me about soccer is that a bunch of dudes from various Central European countries in the 1900s said, you know what this fun sport needs? Bureaucracy. That's all that I've learned. That's all that I've learned. And that Seb Blatter really thought fondly of himself. Well, it's like, it makes you wonder, who was this movie made for? Like, Seb Blatter. Seb Blatter. Okay, it was made for one person. <laughs> so Seb Blatter, you know Seb Blatter, shout out $29 million so he could sit there in his little theater in freaking Zurich so he can shake hands with himself and go, Seb, you son of a bitch, you did it again. Like, that's, it, I, I, that's a half joke. I'm going to be so honest. You just see him in his privately owned theater just by himself, sprawled out naked, just stroking it to himself on the big screen. Oh, yeah. He's 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 gone full Howard Hughes from The Aviator, where he's just butt ass naked, watching videos of himself. Like, oh yeah, baby, you're making me act up. Well, yeah, this movie did not do a good job of making me, or I could speak for Mike, give a shit about FIFA because it's not well written. There are plenty of writers out there who could freaking write a script about fucking tiddlywinks. And if it's well written and, you know, by the time little Timmy gets to the finals of the Bay Area under eight tiddlywinks competition, I'd be like, you know, fuck yeah, Timmy, you go get that gold medal. Like you play the fuck out of tiddlywinks. But with this (laughs) movie about a big fucking organization that says, hey, we're, we're, you know, football brings people together and we promote world peace. 
makes me not give a single shit about FIFA. Like, I I care about the fart that I took, like, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes ago more than this movie made me give a shit about FIFA. And the best part is, is it's so easy to care about soccer and not FIFA specifically, but but the thing that they're discussing, like soccer, it's it. There's a reason the entire planet likes it. All right, so I'm just gonna say it like that. There's a reason, and it's very easy to like it. So the fact that these people not only screwed up with creating a compelling movie about soccer, but made it unlikable. That's the part where I'm almost dumbfounded because it's easy to just make a boring movie with people you don't like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. This movie, I would almost argue, is special with how awful some of these characters are Mm -hmm. and how awful this story is and how unlikable the entirety of FIFA is painted as throughout this movie. It's shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Like, there is not one point within this movie where I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, damn, that was actually pretty neat. Like, not even, not not once. The whole movie Mm -hmm. does not intrigue me. I hated myself while I was watching it. There were other things that I wanted to be doing. But I love doing this podcast with Mike. So, you know what? I fucking powered through it. And I am a worse person for watching this movie because of it. Watching these, see, these are the lowlights of the podcast. I gotta be so hard ass real because you have stuff like stuff like uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the freaking uh, a night to dismember. Mm-hmm. Which is a freaking highlight in my head. Or Zardoz. God we fucking co- bless. Which we covered last week. And we went, God. From, we went from a high to just crashing. We, like, we hit rock bottom <laughs> again. <laughs> this was, I think this is the hardest pivot. I think truthfully this is the hardest pivot we've had. Where we go from Zardoz, which is a freaking riot of a movie. It is a riot to... This, which is not a riot, it is a non-riot, it is as calm as it could be, is shocking. <laughs> we gotta even out. We gotta even out. We gotta get something, something easy up something in here. Something just nice middle of the road where we're like, okay, game gave us a second. Exactly. Now let's get back into the wild and crazy world of FIFA propaganda. Exactly. Um, <laughs> listeners, if you've got more FIFA propaganda movies, be sure to email Max at... Nope, 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 nope. Email Mike. No. <laughs> email Mike your set bladder fan art. <laughs> yes. Yes, email me set bladder fan art. That shit sounds funny. I, what on earth? If there's... Dude, I... <laughs> Set platter rule 34, where are you at? <laughs> Mike, look that up right now and let me know what you find. Um, well, a couple other things that I wanted to mention about this movie was the first half might be like a good historical lesson if you enjoy fucking men in suits muttering about the virtues of football. And the second half is just straight up propaganda about the then presidents of FIFA, who was later charged with corruption and a whole mess of other things that we kind of mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I really have any other negatives, Mike. Was there anything else that you wanted to 
focus in on in particular with United Passions? Um, okay, for negatives specifically, no, but I'm ready for some overall thoughts. <laughs> Are you, have you found any set bladder uh, rule 34? No, it's uh, and I'm annoyed at how little there is. <laughs> no fan art of the president of the former president of FIFA. Does that surprise you a little bit? I want to watch Seth Blatter get double dicked by like some by, by like Sephiroth or something, oh man. <laughs> Sephiroth and Goofy. <laughs> it's just Sephiroth and Goofy just breathing <laughs> Seth Blatter. <laughs> Are there are there any are there any commissioned artists out there? Mike wants to give you a yeah. shit ton of money, dude. Fuck it, yeah, sure, man. I'll give you like fifty bucks. Okay, so, oh God, what is this? What have we become, Mike? <laughs> I, I need gorse. I need I need to go to a to a support group after this. Gorship? What are you doing over here? Shut the fuck up. I hate you so much. No, I said it. I hate I hate both of us. (laughs) Okay, so overall opinions on United Passions. Um total stroke sesh for FIFA, funded by FIFA. Completely ignoring any semblance of corruption in its past. Why would you, you know, want to tell the entire story of FIFA in this way? We don't get a chance to attach ourselves with any singular character. Instead, that character is a corrupt sports organization that tries to put makeup on shit spouting corruption. <laughs> what corruption? FIFA brings people together. How dare you while shoveling hundreds of thousands of dollars under the table? And don't get me wrong. You can do a sports movie about the people behind the scenes. Look at fucking Moneyball, but not in the way that United Passions does it. Mike, I don't know about you, but for me, this is easily a movie number four. Do not watch this movie. It will put your ass to sleep. Mm -hmm. If you like soccer, you're going to hate this movie. If you dislike soccer, you're going to hate this movie. If you work for FIFA, you're going to hate this movie. This movie is coupled with boring boardroom and sponsorship meetings. It has awful characters who are, at best, forgettable. At worst, genuinely irritating. Do not watch this movie. If you are for some reason possessed to watch this movie because you are either a FIFA fan or B stupid. You should either be blackout shit faced for this movie or stone sober. So you can watch the horror and understand the horror. That is this movie. Dude. I mean, that is my piece. uh, Yeah. I, this is at least with some of the, with a lot of the movies we cover, we can recommend it because it's funny. It's just bad. Watching it drunk would be a fun time. I honest, I cannot say any of those things about United Passions. No. Do yourself a favor. Avoid this one. If you like sock, go watch Ted Lasso. You'll be much watch happier. Ted Lasso. Oh my God, watch Ted Lasso. Oh my God. Just, I mean, just genuinely watch it. It's a great show. But I mean, if you're like, I need soccer and I need it to be a, it needed to be a foreign piece, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Yeah, well, dude, I can't think of anything else. So 
Guys, thank you so much for listening to two guys who are not fans of soccer talk about United Passions. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. Stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, what do you have to tell the people? Watch this at your own risk. This is so awful. This is so bad. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll do you one better. Please don't. Don't. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>